We have been uh, in a series uh, on faith uh, for a couple months as we've been talking about how to live by faith, how to look through the lens of faith, how to believe God when it's difficult. And, and I, I felt um, that God was speaking to me specifically uh, out of this passage of, of really the complexity of what to do when it feels like faith has failed you. So we, we, we've been talking for so long about, about man, believing and, and God can do the impossible and seeing what we cannot see. And, and we believe that, and I'm going to continue to talk about that and, and preach that. But I also want to cover this side of it. What do you do when your faith seems to have failed you? What do you do when you're disappointed at the place of faith. Matthew chapter 14 verse 22 says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. He made them get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. He didn't go with them. Well, he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. You ever felt like things were just against you? It's like, man, I, I feel like life is against The wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake, and when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, our star pupil Peter replied. Let, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat. He walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. I, I was thinking about this, this message, and I, I heard this story a long time ago about an old preacher. And uh, he had got up in front of his church, and, and he began to preach this message. And it was a decent message. It was, it was, it was good. And uh, they got out on time to beat the Baptists to lunch. And, and uh, they, it's a joke. It's, it's a bad joke. Okay. And, and, and he preached, and it was good. And uh, everybody went home. And, and then uh, the next week, people came back to church, and he preached the exact same message. Same scripture, same illustrations, same closing point. People thought, you know, it's odd, but, you know, he's, he's getting older. Maybe he just slipped his mind. And, and uh, so they went home and they came back. Third week in a row, he preaches the exact same message. So now people are like, okay, we got to pray for pastor. Um, fourth week, same message. Fifth week, same exact message message. And finally, somebody got up the, the guts to go talk to him and said, Man, I got to tell him. And so he goes up and he says, hey, pastor, we love you. We love your preaching. We love this message. We've heard it a couple times now. He said, I don't know if you know this or not, but like you preached the same message for the last five weeks. And the pastor said, I've been preaching for a long time. And I thought I would just preach this one until you start doing it. And then I'll start a new one. And I like that. I like that. And so it made me think I'm just going to talk about faith just a couple more times until what we talk about becomes more than something we take notes on. It becomes a practice 
of what we do. We, we move through life so fast and we go through things so quickly that at times we don't actually change. And I, I, I want to I preach from this perspective to try to shift your perspective to not just for a moment, but literally that you would look at life differently, that you would look at impossibility differently, that you would look through the lens of faith at whatever you face. When, when Jamie, my wife and I, we were dating and uh, we hadn't gotten married yet and, and uh, we, were, we were serious and uh, I was around her family and uh, we were hanging out with her family and, and Jamie's got she's, got, she's got a bunch of sisters and they love each other and they're very similar and they talk the same and they laugh the same and they talk very quickly and they can finish each other's sentences Literally, like the, the one, will, one will be talking and the other one will interrupt them and just continue on like nothing happened. And I'm like, I was trying to finish what you said and now you're, but they're, they're tracking. I'm, I'm too slow to be involved in those conversations. I'm like, I'm still back at like three conversations ago. What happened there? And they're already moving on. This is, so one time we were at the house and, and they, were, they were doing the thing and, and I, I, you know, I might have had some things to say, but there was no chance <laughs> to say them. And so we were, I was about to leave that night and she's like, why, why don't you ever talk that much around my family? And I felt like it was kind of a trick question because I didn't know exactly what to say for it to be a good answer. But I, but I did, I told her, I said, it, it's difficult. It's difficult to get anything into the conversation with how fast you guys talk. It's, it's, it's crazy. If you're ever around them, you gotta, it's, it's, it's really phenomenal. It, it just, sometimes I just watch and it's just amazing the way that they track and I don't know what we're talking about, but I'm laughing, smiling, it's a good time. <laughs> but when she wanted me to engage, I'm like, I don't know, I don't know how I'm gonna, I don't know how I'm gonna get into this conversation without like, excuse me, I'd like to say, but then they would be on to the next one before I said, you know, I said, and so, Sometimes, sometimes you can feel, you know, you can feel a little overlooked, overlooked. And it's just like, you know, I got, I got something to say too. I got something to add. I'm getting, I'm getting judged for not being a part of the conversation. And so you're not giving me a chance to talk. And so I just thought of this when I was looking at this text, because I want to talk about somebody in the story that never had a chance to say anything about what was happening around them. I want to speak from this subject as we talk about Peter walking on water. I want to talk from this subject. It's a weird title, but it'll make sense at the end. What about Andrew? What about Andrew? Somebody like, who's Andrew? That's the problem. <laughs> Nobody knows who Andrew is. Everybody knows who Peter is. Peter's walking on the water. Peter's stealing the show. But nobody knows about Andrew. Andrew is one of the disciples. But if you know the disciples, Andrew was not always Jesus' disciple. In, in, in fact, Andrew was a disciple of John the Baptist. He was John the Baptist's disciple before John the Baptist told him to go and follow Jesus. So he, he walked with John the Baptist. He heard John the Baptist's teaching. In fact, Jesus endorsed John the Baptist in incredible ways, said there was no one greater than John the Baptist. So that's who his mentor was, John the Baptist. And now Andrew has been called by Jesus as a disciple, and he's, he's walking with Jesus, and he's seeing Jesus do miracles. We've been in this series on faith, and we've seen these miracles. 
Jesus healed the woman with the issue of blood, 12 years of suffering. She gets healed miraculously. Jairus' daughter dies, and Jesus raises her from the dead. Andrew's with Jesus. But this is interesting. If you look chronologically at how these events happen, there is also something that happened in the middle of this journey that was not good. People are getting back their dead. People are getting back the sick. They're getting healed. And then there's this little scripture, this story tucked in your Bible that it says John the Baptist was arrested and he was killed. Then Jesus went and fed the 5,000. So I'd like to ask the question, what about Andrew? Because Andrew is walking with Jesus and he's seeing him do miracles for everybody except for him because he believed in John the Baptist. He probably loved John the Baptist. His life was probably shaped by the ministry and the mentorship of John the Baptist. So let me just ask you this question. If Jesus can heal the woman with the issue of blood, and Jesus can raise Jairus' daughter from the dead, and Jesus can give everybody a meal with 12 basketfuls left over, wouldn't he be able to save John the Baptist's life? And this is the complexity of faith. This is the stuff that nobody wants to talk about. When you have great faith and it feels like that faith has failed you. When you have great faith and you believe God to be good and you believe God can heal the woman with the issue of blood and raise Jairus' daughter from the dead and deliver... No, you... What? What about John, what about John the Baptist? Why did that have to... I would imagine that Andrew had a complexity of his own faith journey while seeing everybody around him get a miracle and he had a loss. And if you pick up the story, it says that Jesus, after feeding the 5,000, after teaching, he sends them on a boat and he says, I want you to go to the other side. Now, this is the crazy thing is right when Andrew must be grieving and Jesus himself was grieving over the loss of John the Baptist, Andrew has to get in a boat and go on a journey, which just so happens to be in the middle of a storm. Now, I don't know if you heard what I just said, but Jesus made them get in the boat. So Jesus, well, Jesus sent them into a storm. And I don't like that. I don't like it in my Bible. I don't like to talk about it. I don't like to think about it. I don't like to think that our loving God might send us or allow us to walk through a journey that would be painful to us, would be scary to us, could rob us of our faith. But it says Jesus made them get into the boat and sent them across to the other side. Did you know that if you're ever going to achieve your purpose in life, there is going to have to be a process of becoming the person that God wants you to become. There is no purpose that you stumble into. Purpose is realized as a result of process. The crossing was a process for them where God was trying to teach them something about their own journey. And I know I got questions too. What about, well, who, care, who cares about the journey? While Andrew is grieving. But I'm going to tell you this. Jesus 
was a man on mission, and he sent them to the other side. So while they're going to the other side, it says the wind was against them. Have you ever, have you ever felt like, not just life, but it feels like there's situation after situation that just seems to be against your progress. It's like, I want to be what you want me to be, God, but it seems like this stuff keeps on happening. I, I want to believe you, but it seems like when I'm trying to exercise my faith, this thing happens, and this failure happens, and this. I want to be a man of God. I want to step up into leadership. I want to believe you, God, at your word. I want to tithe. I want to, I want to pray for the sick, and every time I do, it feels like there's this wind against me. It's difficult for me to understand that God would actually allow me to be in the, in the midst of a painful process to develop me so that I can be what he wants me to be. It's difficult to think about, isn't it? That, that not the devil sent the wind. Jesus sent them into the wind. I, it's easier when it's the devil, Right? Man, brother, how you doing? I'm pretty good. Devil's been after me, but I'm surviving. Man, you're that attack of the enemy. You know, it's just, it's crazy. He's powerful. Lucifer's out there. And is that, that's easier than saying, I think Jesus is testing my faith. I think I followed Jesus right into the midst of the biggest heartbreak that I ever experienced. I think I followed Jesus in the midst, it does, that does not sound right. I don't like that. It doesn't feel right. But that's what happened. Is that he stepped into, out of obedience, a place of testing. It says that, that shortly before dawn, in verse 25, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Now, if it wasn't bad enough that Jesus sent them into the storm, he didn't go with them. Right? There's another storm in your Bible, in the New Testament, where Jesus was with him on the boat. I like that one. I know he's sleeping, but at least he's there. Right? That's like, it just feels better to know he's there. If things got really bad, they did. They just wake Jesus up. Jesus wakes up. He rebukes the storm, and we're all good. It's different when you're by yourself right before dawn. Right before dawn, another translation says, in the fourth watch of the night. The fourth watch of the night is the darkest watch of the night, and it's the watch that happens right before sunrise. It's the time from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. So that last watch, the last watch. The only problem is when you are in the middle of a storm, you lose track of time. So all you know is when you're straining at the oars is that it's dark. It doesn't seem like it's letting up. The storm is relentless. But, but Jesus walked out. In retrospect, we know it was right before dawn. But when you're in the fight of your life, it does not feel like dawn is coming. It feels like it's going to be night for the rest of my life. But it says Jesus just walks out. Now, I know many of us are real super spiritual, so it just seems normal that Jesus would just stroll out on the water. But that's pretty crazy. Because Jesus sent him out on a boat, but he decided to take his own transportation and walks out to them just on the water. I mean, that would change your fishing experience. Just, just Jesus, just strolling by. Hey, he, he walks out right before. Does it feel like this ever to you that, that, that God never shows up early? He, he, he never shows up when I want him to, but he always shows up like just in time. 
Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes. Jesus came walking on the water right before dawn. Now, let me tell you, this is true. If you're going to have faith for God to get you through it, you're going to have to trust God in it. Now, I want to talk about something really quickly. We've been talking about faith, but if you don't have a foundation of trust, you are going to have blips of faith. And in the blip of faith, when God doesn't answer like you want him to, if you don't have a foundation of trust, you're going to feel like God failed you. All of us have believed for something that didn't happen the way we thought. All of us have prayed for someone, something, a situation, and it didn't happen the way that we wanted or thought that it would happen. And if you don't have a foundation of trust, you will struggle with harboring resentment or bitterness in your heart at God instead of trusting that, God, you see me, you love me, you know this situation, so I will trust you. Trust is hard. I think it's easier to have a blip of faith than a life of trust. I think it's easier for us to preach and for me to fire you up on a Sunday morning and go have a little blip of faith than it is to live every day in complete trust and complete surrender that God, whatever you do, I know that you're good. Whatever you, whatever lake you bring me through, I know that you did it on purpose. I know that you love me. You're not trying to punish me. You're not trying to hurt me. You're not just disappointing me because you're weak. I trust your process and I trust your plan. P Peter... Peter, our star pupil, Peter, who, who happens to be the star, like when the power of God's happening and he happens to be like in the spotlight for stupidity as well. He just, he likes to be in the spotlight. Peter's on the boat and this is, this is what we read. And this is the story that everybody knows, Peter walking on water, but this is the crazy thing. Jesus is walking out and, and Peter's like, Lord, if, that, if that's you, if that's you, and, and there's something about that question that's really important in the, in, in the aspect of faith. That, if it's you, denotes possibility that it could be him. This is what we've been talking about with faith. Faith sees the possibility. Faith, faith sees the possibility over the impossibility of the storm. Faith sees the possibility over the impossibility of the storm. So Peter says, if that's you, tell me to come to you. Now, Jesus got no problem. He's walking on the water. He's got no problem with this. So he says, yeah, Peter, come on, come on out. I just want to just throw this in one more time. What about Andrew? He's on the boat, rowing for his life. And Peter decides to like take over the show. They weren't even supposed to go towards Jesus. They were going the other way. He said, Jesus sent them to cross over to the other side. Jesus came walking. And so Peter is looking back. And he says, if that's you, tell me to come to you. So Jesus says, come. So Peter, if I'm Andrew, I'm like, dude, I've had enough. Like, y'all raising dead, healing people, feeding people, even overfeeding them because we have 12 basketfuls of moldy bread in the boat because we had to pick up all the scraps because you did so much. But yet I had a mentor that you couldn't do anything for, and now Peter wants to walk out on water. That would make me mad. But I think that there's lessons of faith that you can learn about 
Peter and his walk of faith because the Bible says that Peter got out and he began to walk and he saw the wind, he saw the waves, he saw the storm and fear grew in his heart and he began to sink. I want to show you something. Jesus rebukes Peter. First of all, there's 11 disciples sitting in the boat. One disciple got out of the boat and walked on water. Let me just say that with emphasis so we're catching it. He walked on water. And Jesus goes, you have little faith. Okay? Little faith. Little faith that can walk on water. Little faith gets out of the boat in the middle of a storm and walks on water. The opposite way that Jesus is sending you, but nevertheless, walks on water. The, the, the word little does not mean that he had a small amount of faith. It means that he did not have enduring faith. So the translation little is, is not meaning small in amount. It means small in endurance. Because he had great faith that made him get out of the boat. But it was his surroundings that grabbed his focus, that planted fear in his heart, that now caused him to sink. So it wasn't that he did not have great faith. It's that he had no endurance to the great faith that he had. And I will tell you this, if I've learned anything about faith, it is not about the blips of faith that I encounter. It is about the long, steady belief that God will do what he said he's going to do. It is a journey of endurance. I've got to outlast the storm. This is good news about storms. I don't know if you ever studied storms. I haven't. But I did look up on, on Google like how long the longest storm has ever lasted. So check this out. In history, of the history of the earth, there has never been a storm that has continued. All of them have stopped. So when storms hit us, it's not about it's, 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 it's not about this will never change. It's can you last? Can you survive the barrage of wind against you, attack against you, opposition against you? I don't know how long the storm is going to last, but I do know on the history of planet Earth that there's not been one storm that has hit the planet, that has continued to hit the planet. They all have stopped. And if it's true in nature, it's probably true in your life that no matter what storm has come against you, it's only a matter of time before that storm stops. So I have to have enduring faith. But there's another aspect of this because Peter, he gets out of the boat. He's got his little faith, which is a blip of faith. He begins to walk on water, sees the storm, begins to sink. And it says immediately, immediately Jesus grabbed him. This is pretty cool because this is what trust does. Trust realizes that when I make a fool of myself, God, you're going to catch me. Trust says, when, I, when I've ran out of perfect faith, when my little faith was a blip and disappeared, when I fall in what is around me, when what is around me surrounds me, what is what is around me begins to cover me, when I begin to sink in what I'm struggling with, God, you're there to catch me. I can trust you that when I'm weak, 
when I'm unable, when I'm not enough, when I don't have great faith, I can trust you to hold me. This is what the scripture teaches us, that it wasn't because Peter didn't have great faith, it just didn't last. But when his faith didn't last, we've got a loving God. I was able to catch him, to hold him. And we're so focused in the church these days about like perfect faith. And you didn't get this because you didn't have this faith. And you didn't have it. If you read the gospels, man, there's a lot of imperfect faith. There's a lot of mistakes. A lot of people doing crazy stuff. Do you trust God? Do you trust God when he sends you into storms? Do you trust God when he doesn't answer the way that you want him to? I know it's not fun to talk about these type of things because all of us are thinking back to situations where it feels like our faith failed us and we're confused or maybe even angry at God. But I'm not going to stop because I'm not going to let you lose your faith because John the Baptist lost his head. You can trust him. This is what happens in the text. I left this verse out. It says when Jesus went to the mountaintop and he began to pray, if you actually study where he went, he, he went on this mountain that has a clear, crystal clear view of the sea that he told them to cross. In fact, the sea wasn't really a sea. It was more like a lake. So we're not talking like ocean, like you can't see them any longer. There goes the disciples. Bye, Andrew. Jesus was on the mountain praying, and he could see them. What about Andrew? Straining at the oars, just trying to do what Jesus told me to do. Probably missing John the Baptist, probably wondering why Peter's even with him. Just joke. Just working. Where's Jesus? Where even is he? He didn't even come with us. He's not even on this boat with me. Just got to survive it on my own. But little did Andrew know that even though he couldn't see Jesus, Jesus could see him. And I'm worried about so many people that lose their faith and they throw out their trust because they think Jesus left them. Because they did what God told them to do and it got them a storm, a disappointment, a heartbreak, a tragedy. So we're willing just to throw out faith altogether because it hurt us. And it feels like Jesus didn't even see it. Your Bible says that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, interceding for me and for you. On that night, he was on the mountain interceding for Andrew and the disciples. He was not absent from them. He was watching over them. I'm going to tell you this at some of the darkest times of your life where you have not understood where God was or why he didn't do something or why he didn't save someone or break through this way. I'm going to tell you that God was watching over you. And I know it's difficult to understand why, but friends, 
Why is not about faith. Why is about trust. Do you trust that God knows what he's doing? Do you trust that God will bring good out of evil? Do you trust that God will bring something beautiful out of ashes? Do you trust God in his plan? Do you trust God in what he did? I don't know why. Some stuff happens how it happens. I could go through a list. I could, I could go through a list. I'm thinking back. I could go through a list. My good friend that passed away, I had a seizure and died when I was 22 years old. My good friend that was accidentally shot by his brother when I was 15 years old. I, I, could, I could just go down the list. I got more. You've got more. Where were you? God, why would you not? You're feeding people? But what about Andrew? What about the Andrew in you? What about that part of you that just thought, God, if you would have, and I don't know why, but if you don't address it, if you don't bring it in the room, if you don't talk about it, you'll try to just get around it. You'll worship half-heartedly with one hand up while one part of your Andrew wonders why God left you. And I'm not going to let you wonder because God is watching you when you can't see him. He is looking over you when you feel like you're alone. When the wind and the waves and trauma and culture and trouble is coming against you, you have a God that is praying for you and sees you and you can trust him. So, did Andrew trust God? See, this is what we're taught in Christianity. If you do this, then you're going to get what you want. This is like the worst end to a message. This is just the, it's dying. I was going down. Because Andrew trusted again, but it didn't bring John the Baptist back. So we don't know to this day, why did that happen? Why did God not? So can you trust that he's God and that there must someday in heaven, I have got a list of questions, but I'm not going to ruin my purpose on earth trying to wonder why God did or didn't. I've got to put my faith in his word. And I got to put my trust in his goodness and his character. And I got to say, God, you better bring something good out of this because the wind has been against me. It almost took me out. But even Jesus told Peter one time, he said, I have prayed for you that your faith might not fail. I'm going to tell you this. God wants to resurrect not just a place of faith, but a place of trust. You can trust him. He sees you. He's watching over you. He knows your storm and he knows your your strength. He knows what you can handle. I know you think you can't handle it. I know you think you can't make it through, but God knows what you can handle, and he wouldn't put something on you that will crush you or kill you. He would not put something on you that you wouldn't have the ability to carry. I feel this today. I feel this so strong today. My mind's just like spinning with questions. 
I'm a pastor, but I still am human. I got questions too. This is where we just so hurt people because it's just we're one thing or the other and we try to just never deal with the Andrew. God saw Andrew. God saw Andrew go into the storm. And God knew the strength that Andrew had. God sees you. God knows the storm that you're in. And God knows the strength that you have. So hear me say this just with all compassion and sensitivity. No matter how difficult the day is now or the storm is now, you have the strength to get through it. And the storm that is raging will give up. The pain that is raging will give up. The grief that is overwhelming will give up. You will dream again. You will have vision again. You will believe again. God will use you again. You will be anointed again. God's hand is still on you. I'm going to tell you this. God's going to resurrect. We've been talking about faith a lot, but God's going to resurrect trust. Trust.